Welcome to The Pillars, the podcast of the 363rd ISR Wing of the United States Air Force. I'm Chaplain Jim Bridgem. And I'm Jerry Walker. On each episode, we find a brief resilience topic so you can practically fix any potential roadblocks you encounter and finish a better wingman, airman, and leader. So let's dive into today's topic, which is about morning routines. I think this is a great topic because in some way, shape, or form, everybody has some kind of routine. And um, morning routines are, are really important because they set the tone for the day. And in a lot of ways, they can shape your attitude uh, for not just that moment in time, but really for your whole outlook on the day going forward. Yeah, absolutely. And and it also goes to something called decision fatigue, which when we can set up in advance what we're going to choose to do in the morning for our routine, it will remove the amount of decisions you make. This is why people like Steve Jobs or Zuckerberg, they already know what they're going to wear for the day, which is a benefit to us in the Air Force as well. We pretty much know. But a decision fatigue goes to that you can make so many decisions in a day that you start making poor decisions later in the day. This is why some folks who want to lose weight, they start out in the morning and they say, I'm going to lose weight. I'm going to start eating cauliflower and carrots. That's my day. (laughs) And then by 5 o'clock in the afternoon after a high-stress job, they're eating cake, multiple cakes. And so Mm -hmm. what we want to do is give you some suggestions for your morning routine and also encourage you that whatever you're doing for your routine, to choose it and kind of make those decisions the night before to start your day more effectively. I like that. And can we talk about decision uh, fatigue a little bit more? Because I I think that's a really important topic and um, I don't want to just glance over it because um, that's something that's very real. It it affects all of us. And so if you're putting yourself in a situation, uh, even unintentionally in the morning where you're forcing yourself to make a variety of different decisions, then you can find yourself worn down even by midday. And then it becomes much more difficult toward in the afternoon to uh, have to make some of these decisions, even relatively simple ones. You're right. And there's actually a, there's a judicial study I like to cite on this for commanders and NCOs. Mm-hmm. It was done in Israel and they took these folks who'd come before the court and they thought people weren't getting a fair shake and they thought it might be related to ethnicity or the heinousness of the crime. But what it turned out was that if you went for your bail hearing in the morning, then you got a better decision than in the afternoon. They were much harsher in the afternoon and there came down to this concept of decision fatigue. They made so many decisions that basically you were hosed if you went in the afternoon and you were great in the morning regardless of your background. I've seen that study and and you're spot on. Uh, We just wear out towards the end of the day. And so uh, I thought I like this idea of getting ahead of the decision making and doing some of that on the front end so that you're saving yourself and uh, extending your ability to make decisions throughout the whole of the next day. Yeah. And so and this also comes from a spiritual piece. If you look at uh, folks across spiritual traditions and specifically the Bible, they'll say things like early in the morning will I seek you. This is this concept of finding solitude or time for yourself in the morning. So we're going to go through some concepts, some suggestions, and I'd like to emphasize that this is isn't kind of what I'd call a legalist, or if you just hit these 10 things, then you'll be a successful airman. These are just some things that maybe you want to incorporate one or two into your day. What I do is I have a pretty set morning routine. I'm pretty anal retentive about it. And but if because I because you're not making decisions, correct? Because I'm not making decisions. <laughs> right. It's written it's down. Set. It's a checklist. You and know I know exactly what you're doing. Correct. And I actually have it on a little yellow card next to oh, um, nice. my sink, so I don't even think about it. It just happens. And now it's so routine. But um, it helps me through the day. So just if I can hit three of these, I feel great. Although I hit them mostly every day. Um, the first one I'll hit is this concept of priming. 
Priming is this idea of just positive self-talk. It's saying, what am I going to do today? I'm going to be great. I'm going to be awesome. Now, this isn't for narcissism or, or, or anything like that. It's just to prime you for your day, to get your brain looking in a right direction. Some people use gratitude for this, which is a great opportunity. Um, I personally use an app called the 5-Minute Journal, which forces me to write down something positive about myself, what I hope to get out of the day, and what I'm grateful for. Here's why you do it. When you look at something negative first thing in the morning, you have a propensity to see negative things the rest of the day. Mm -hmm. If you see something uh, you're grateful for first thing in the morning, you're going to see things you're grateful for naturally throughout the day. It activates a type of bias in your brain, a type of bias we want in our lives. That's very true. Um, Our brains are made up of something called neural networks. Basically, everything is connected to each other. And we have these different nodes that help us organize and make sense of the world. So when we see a cat, uh, immediately our brain becomes primed to think of similar things, things that are similar to a cat, maybe a dog or something fluffy and soft or uh, cat food, things of that nature. And so if we do the same thing in the morning and we prime ourselves with gratitude, positive emotions, or our, our hopefulness for the day, then now we're saying off this chain reaction of events to where the other things related to those concepts become more readily accessible. Uh, basically, they're, they're becoming more salient in our brain, and we're more likely to not only think about those things, but pursue them as well. And this is why I tell people, for, and this is just good relationship advice, this is bonus, uh, take TVs out of your bedroom and take electronics out of your bedroom. But I won't go into that now, but the first thing you should do in the morning is do not watch the news. Do not go right to that news Mm. site. Even if you're an analyst, like hold off on it. Do something positive first thing because all of those sites, whether even um, sports sites without getting specific, they are designed to get you angry. They want you mad because that helps you to pay attention to them and, you know, sells more commercials. If you can just spend this 30 seconds or five minutes in a day, just writing something positive down about yourself and others. It will impact the rest of your day in a way you can't even quantify. And I see this with people in my office all the time. I love that idea. And, and especially in the morning, it's a great time to plan uh, and ask yourself certain questions that you can then reflect on back at the end of the day as you're getting ready for bed. And it goes back into this concept of gratitude that we, we keep bringing up because it's so important uh, to be thankful and to feel gracious for the, the many blessings that we have, especially when there seem to be so many overwhelming positives. So a few of the questions I like you know, to ask myself in the morning are, uh, for example, what do I want to accomplish today? So yeah, at the end of the day, I've only got 24 hours. I may not be able to change the world in that span of time, but what can I do today maybe that works towards my goal or that I can feel good about at the end of the day? Of, of the day? And then specifically, how am I going to do that? What specific things am I going to do that are going to help me accomplish that goal? And it doesn't have to be huge. I mean, maybe all I want to do is, is get a 15-minute walk-in. That's manageable. And I can find a way to work that into my day. But if I don't go into it with any sort of intentionality, then I'm less likely to achieve it. Another question I may ask is, what can I do to make this a great day? Don't just settle for good. Think about what your ideal day would be. What would, what would make it excellent? Now, given we have constraints, I mean, there's certain things we have to do, right? We have to, um, you know, clean our houses. Um, Sometimes we cook food. We have to take care of family members. We have to go to work. But within all those constraints, how are you going to make this a great day? And then uh, I think this is really important, especially in terms of connecting with other people. 
what will I do to, to enrich the lives of others? So don't just think about what will make it a great day for you, but how can I make this a great day for other people as well? I love it. And one of the things on this is Tony Robbins. So he's a motivational speaker, he's an author, and he has a statement that the quality of your life is the quality of your questions. Hmm. And this is so important because the questions we ask ourselves will get answered by your subconscious. So those grateful questions that we're asking, these questions about what you're going to do are important. So what else do you do during, during the morning? Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. so the next one's meditation. So okay. I know it sounds strange to do first thing when I get Get out of bed, but I really do after the gratefulness, after the five minute journal, I sit around and do a 15 minute meditation. I've experimented with times. Mm. 15 seems to be okay. I preferred around 20. And what it does is those neuro pathways, well, it helps to increase neuroplasticity in my brain. It helps me to kind of center myself for the day. It doesn't have any specific faith-based approach. Um, I'd say if you do want to get started with meditation, there's some great websites out there to help guide you through. One um, app would be Headspace. It gives you 10 days to learn how to do this for free, which is awesome. And a lot of times that's all you need is just sitting and focusing on your breath. It is not rocket science. I teach this every Tuesday in my office to folks who come. Just free guided meditation. Again, this is it's just sit in a chair, focus on your breath, and it makes a huge difference. Um, what's the impact? Well, I respond to a lot of crazy things and sometimes coming to a situation that is trauma or traumatic for a lot of people, mm-hmm. this has allowed me to respond in a way, um, and, and again, in, that I could have never done um, otherwise. And meditation, I'd like to be clear, is different from prayer. Um, I had a prayer life, which <laughs> you should hope I had one as a chaplain. <laughs> uh, but the thing is, I had a prayer life, but the meditation is what changed, really, I would mm. say changed my life. And there's a lot of science b- behind meditation as well and a, a related concept, which is mindfulness. Both have been shown to, to help people not just center their, their minds and get on even keel, but help them manage things like anxiety, help them to feel less depressed, give them a break from all the craziness that's running around in their, their heads during the day. And if you can start your day with that, you're, you're setting yourself up for success. And I take, after the meditation piece, I go into a quick um, round of what's called visualization. Now, visualization is really important. I have a specific visualization. It takes about two minutes of what I want to accomplish for the day. Now, athletes do this in sports psychology. They will, no kidding, visualize what they're going to do. In the Sochi Olympics, they had a number of sports psychologists who were there working with these athletes. And uh, the New York Times has a great article series. You can go look up with video on this. But what was impressive is these snowboarders would say, well, I went down that slope hundreds of times. And the reporter would ask, but you only did it once. No, 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 in my mind. And so when you visualize, you visualize to great detail. So they would say they'd visualize even how their socks felt. So I will visualize the counseling I have planned for that day, the presentations I'm planning on doing, interactions with my spouse or kids. And you can do it very rapidly. Your brain has the ability to see great detail very, very quickly. And what's so cool about visualization, especially in the the case of the Olympic snowboarders, um, what we've seen in sports psychology is that the same regions of your brain that are activated while you're actually doing the activity can be activated just while you're thinking about it. Now, again, you have to do it in very... um, close detail so you're thinking about all the sensory information everything that's happening just as if you were going through it um, sort of doing like a 3d trial in your own mind but you're activating the same mechanisms and carving out those neural pathways so the when it comes time to actually um, you know use your motor cortex and and actually go do it um, it's like your brain has done it so many times before. Yep. And one practical thing on this, um, I know PT tests cause a lot of anxiety for folks, mm. um, the run especially. 
But one of the things I've worked with folks is to go and visualize your fitness test. This sounds totally goofy, but give it a go. You go and walk the track, visualize it, feel the wind, feel how you're going to do it if it's inside, and visualize it for go for a half hour. Just walk the track before you use a lunch break. Just walk the track and visualize as, as much great detail. And I've seen huge people have come back to Chaplin. I can't believe it worked. It, it really did. It's like, well, go figure, right? Yeah, you're you're um, giving yourself more confidence. Yep. And so when it comes time to actually perform, it's not like it's some uh, big scary thing and, and uh, there's a, all this uncertainty and, and fear wrapped up into it. And so this goes into the next piece because you don't want to take a PT test without some kind of working out in your life or movement. <laughs> so in the morning, I do a 60-minute workout, um, except on weekends where that time doubles. So one of the things I would say is finding time for movement. If you don't do fitness or you have an early shift, you need to find some kind of just go for a walk, like move your body in the morning. Uh, some kind, And also one other piece, there is great correlation between folks who are leaders and people who aspire to high office with people who work out in the morning. And if you look at through it history, you'll see that a number of biographies will cite that folks who worked out in the morning have also, again, um, there's, there's just a great correlation. You'll see with especially general officers and senior NCOs. In fact, I, I joke that if you go to the gym in the morning, it's a great way to meet your leaders. Um, <laughs> not in every case, but it, it, it happens quite often. So and, I, and, okay. and exercise is great um, in the morning, but it's really hard for some of us oh, to yeah. do, especially when we think of the constra- constraints that we have. Um, for a lot of us, exercise in the morning means I'm getting you know an hour or, or you know lesser of sleep uh, or however much time it takes you to yeah. work out, and, and that can be really daunting for people. But I think it's important what you said, even just some movement. So you're Correct. getting some kind of physical activity in um, to wake your body up. Remember, your brain or your body has just spent the past you know approximately seven hours in a dormant state. It's not uh, operating at high, high functioning capacity, and you're about to ask it to do exactly that when you roll into work. So it's, it's kind of an, an inordinate expectation uh, that we have of both our bodies and our brain. It's just like, uh, uh, Chaplin, how you and I were talking the other day about sleep, how people will try to drive 60 miles per hour into their parking spot yep. when they're trying to go to sleep. They'll you know, go, go, go during the day and then expect to just collapse into bed and fall right to sleep. Well, it's kind of the same thing when we wake up, too. We have to prime our bodies and initiate that physical activity, and that's one of the ba- best ways to do that is get your heart pumping. Yeah, and, and that's but the point of it is it doesn't need to be an hour long. Like You sure. can spend, no kidding, five minutes stretching. Just get up and stretch. There is so much benefit. I mean, you, want, you could do yoga or whatever, but if you just stretch like nothing else, just get up five minutes, ten minutes. We're not saying you need to get up early as, as I do, which is probably slightly insane, but you can <laughs> get out and just stretch your body, move around, you know, jump up and down even just get that heart rate going and then do a real workout you know a, a more uh, robust workout as you can later in the day this is especially hard i know we have single parents mm-hmm. i know we have uh, folks who have even little ones like you have it's hard to get out and do that well it's finding ways to incorporate it into your day so movement stretching can be done um all and uh, what i found is when we when my kids were a little littler and we would get up and do um this uh, exercise called pio it's this exercise like a yoga pilates uh-huh. our kids would start doing them too. They would yeah. come out and do whatever they could. They just want to be like you, and they're going to follow in your footsteps. So by modeling it, it helps. That is a, a great point. It actually brings me to something I was going to uh, talk about a little later, but I think this is yeah. a good point. Um, so when we're intentional about our routines and we say, okay, I am going to do this, um, we're, we're 
converting a uh, action into a purpose. We're, we're being purposeful about this. And then it gives us an opportunity to turn the mundane into the exciting. So uh, get creative in how you're going to exercise. If you've got little kids like I do, I've got a little four-month-old. Um, believe it or not, that 15-pound little boy can become a weight. So guess what? Uh, hold them out in front of you and do a squat. Now you're you're you know, getting right. a, a workout and you're getting to, to incorporate some time with your kids. If they're a little bit older, maybe they can do some of the stretches or exercises with you. Uh, one of the things I like to do, and this is going to sound really silly to a lot of people, is I like to see how fast I can do things. So um, certain things like you know putting on my uniform or even making the bed, I'm like, okay, I'm going to time myself. How fast can I get this done? And it keeps it, it, it tr- transforms a mundane task you know, and a simple task into something that uh, becomes a challenge and becomes more fun and exciting. Yeah, and see, that's awesome. And f- the, that's something that anyone can incorporate in their schedule. Um, I had put a post on Facebook to see what people um, do for their routines, and a lot of it came to take care of their kids, finding ways to sneak out, um, you know, reading, just getting that coffee or monster in before they left. And it's finding maybe one of these things that you can incorporate into your existing routine. Mm-hmm. If you have a little one and you do the like squats holding uh, the baby out in front, like I did that too, it's amazing. They will love you, and you're, you're, <laughs> you're doing, having a dual purpose. Um, I went hiking with my kids, put them on a backpack thing, oh, sure. and uh, it's like going with a rucksack. And uh, uh, We yeah. do that all, all the time, and, and he loves it, and you know, I get some exercise, get to get outside. It's wonderful. Um, one last thing I want to mention before, um, there's some uh, research out of Harvard, uh, Amy Cuddy, uh, and there's a famous TED Talk on this about using something called a power pose. Now, this is something I do do, and it's it's slightly embarrassing, so don't tell anyone. But while I'm brushing my teeth, uh, I will actually stand in what a power position. The research showed that if you stand for two minutes um, at a time in a powerful pose, then it can actually change how you feel. And now, now, they can't see this, but uh, what the chaplain's doing is he's, he's standing up, legs a little bit wider than shoulder width. He's got his hands on his hips, and he's standing up tall, shoulders you know, back and, and looking straight up. Um, very powerful looking pose, like he's ready to take on the world, kind of like the superhero pose. And they they called it Wonder Woman, which doesn't resonate with me. So I call it <laughs> I call it Superman, but you can call it whatever you want. And I do it while I brush my teeth, uh, because hopefully you are brushing your teeth every day. If not, you should start brushing your teeth, please. <laughs> but what I do is my toothbrush has a thirty second timer for each quadrant, so two minutes. And what's the benefit? Is it just to look goofy in the mirror? No. The true benefit is it raises your t- um, testosterone. Uh, testosterone and lowers cortisol so testosterone is um deals with control it's that idea of feeling like you're in control of your environment cortisol is the stress hormone so when that goes down it lowers your stress that carries through the rest of the day and that's a huge impact by doing this and they find that people in uh, less powerful poses that also impacts it in the reverse way it's also critical that you're aware of these poses because throughout the day especially if you're not in a vault and you have a cell phone you're actually if you're looking down at it you're generally in a slumped pose with your in a less powerful pose and that is affecting your physiology it's actually going to lower your testosterone and raise your cortisol so you'll feel less in control and more stressed by the way you're sitting not by any of your thoughts or anything else so you have to recognize that your thoughts you know your your spiritual
sexuality, your physicality, it's all connected in one. So you have mm. to be really careful. So if somebody's feeling stressed during the day or they're getting ready to perform some kind of high-stress activity, you know, maybe give a presentation or take a PT test, maybe they can take a power pose break. They can, and I've had people who have taught this too mm-hmm. will come see me in the gym because sometimes between sets I'll just stand there like that and people will kind of make fun of me and so forth but you can make fun of me all day long but it it, it works and whether it's psychosomatic or not it, it works for me so give it give it a go and give it a try so that those are just some of the things for a routine uh, that we do did, did you have anything yeah one thing oh. i'd like to add um is that we've given you a lot of different examples of uh maybe some of the routines that we have and maybe there's some things that you're already doing um but when it comes down to you know creating a routine that works for you i'd encourage you to to think about what kinds of things you can do that are going to give you a sense of pride or or make you feel like you've accomplished something and this goes back to a uh, commencement address, actually, that a retired Navy SEAL, Admiral William McRaven, he's a, a former commander of JSOC and U.S. SOCOM, uh, gave a commencement address at the University of Texas in 2014. And one of his very first points was, make your bed every day. Now, why would that be important? Well, fortunately, he went on to explain, it's a mundane and simple task, but it's an accomplishment. You're accomplishing the very first task of the day. And what this does is it it, uh, triggers a mechanism in your brain and positively reinforces you. It makes you feel good just a little bit, not a whole lot. I mean, it's not earth-shattering. You're not going to go to work that day and say, hey, everybody, I made my bed. But what it does is it builds self-efficacy. You feel good. You've accomplished something. And that's going to encourage you to do another task and then another, and then another. And it creates this positive snowball effect where all of a sudden you're being hyper-productive and it all started from doing something that simple. That is awesome. I'm so glad you hit that. That's, that is huge. Um, one last thing I wanted to point out is I'm a fan of HGTV and Team Gaines and their mm-hmm. Magnolia Homes. Well, I recently got one of their uh, magazines had come home, and the quote at the very back of it from Chip Gaines, he says, 4 a.m. comes earlier on some days than others. I get the question, why so early? Pretty regularly, at least. Well, it's simple. It's easier, calmer, and obviously quieter to work with animals at that hour in the morning. Mm. Well, I'd argue that that's not just easier to get up at 4 a.m. to work with animals, but also with ourselves and our mind. I have been getting up at 4.20 every morning, uh, which is a little bit of a Colorado joke, but I get up at 4 (laughs) a.m. essentially every day for a very long time, for years. And I would say it makes a huge difference. Now, I'm not saying you need to stop this podcast and set your alarm for that early, but I'd suggest that just get up a little earlier, maybe 10 minutes and try that movement, or five minutes and try that gratitude journal. Just give it a go and see how it affects you. And if it affects you positively, try something else. Um, But for now, uh, anything? No, I think we've given them plenty of yeah, things we gave to them try. Plenty. Lots of and, stuff. And what I'd like to hear is that those of you who are listening to the podcast and want to give these things a shot, um, please let us know how it's going. We're always uh, interested in hearing how people are responding to some of the suggestions that we have. And, and so we want to hear from you about some of the positive changes you're making in your life. And uh, that way we can help share those uh, successes with others as well. I agree. And as always, we want to thank you for what you do. Uh, you guys have very hard jobs and it takes a lot from you you work long hours and we just want to tell you we appreciate you and that we're here to support you in any way we can so just reach out any way you can until next time i'm dr walker and chaplain jim bridgem have a great day